Today on Locked On Canadians, a new contract for Kirby Doc, a new contract for Caden Primo, Carey Price is officially placed on LTIR, uh, and a few mailback questions. All of that is coming up on today's Locked On Canadians. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. everyone and welcome to episode 683 of Locked On Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. My name is Laura Sab, also known as the Active Stick and I'm joined as always by Scott Matlove, Habs Eyes on the Prize, who is getting ready for the Bills game, so peek behind the curtain. We are racing to get this episode recorded and wrapped before Bills game starts. Uh, Scott, how are you doing this evening? Uh, I I am doing wonderfully. I have gotten my voice back after going to AEW Dynamite Wednesday night in Buffalo, where we had a hell of a good time. And then Buffalo has just been going hard all week. Uh Streets are shut down for them to show the game on giant TVs in the streets right now. Um, I had a woman say she would throw herself through a glass door for the Bills at work today. So people are people are ready for the return of football season right here, at least in this city anyways. I do hope, though, that you manage to get some rest before puck drop on the hockey season, because that's what we're gearing up towards. And those of you who have been listening to this podcast for, you know, the last couple of weeks will realize, will notice that we are both extremely burned out. So please do not yell at us for anything that we get wrong. Just consider it a vocal typo, a verbal typo that we're making. Uh, but we have lots of news. The Montreal Canadiens signed Kirby Doc to a very reasonable contract. It is four years at 3.36... Something like that. Anyway, it is extremely reasonable. It is clearly a bridge deal in which Kirby Doc will be expected to prove himself. He is being paid at the moment third line center money, which is fine. Well, a little bit more than I would say. I would say it's a, it, it's a rich third line center contract. Uh, obviously, we are expecting the Canadians are going to try and develop him into that second line center that they they want. He's a large player. He's a decent center. He was picked third overall a couple of years ago. He's had some injury trouble. And as we have discussed ad nauseum on this podcast, there are some problems with his face-offs. But here's the thing. like We have to think about the system he was in and his injuries. So we're not truly going to see what Kirby Doc is made of until this year, provided he's given some consistency, they put some development behind him, and the team, the coaching staff, they're not actively tanking. It's not a dysfunctional system. You've got Martin St. Louis, who is going to try and bring the best out of him. So for me, this is a contract where if it doesn't work out, let's say in year one, he doesn't develop the way they want to. It's not too rich of a contract that he can't still be serviceable in a third line role but if he does develop and he does start reaching his potential then this is like at the end of this contract you're you're laughing and like he it takes him to a year before ufa like i personally i just i find this contract to be so smart on the part of the habs unless his injury is you know is bad enough that there's no recovering from it but we don't know that right like they seem to have faith in the in, in his health status 
Yeah, and I kind of look at it like this, is that the, the quoted thing, I believe it was Eric Engels who originally reported that like four times 3.5 was kind of where we were at. I think we had Mike Obrand on right around the time that that and Elliot Friedman kind of confirmed that. So it comes in a little underneath what we were expecting. He's 21 years old. And looking at cap friendly, he can play center and right wing, which is not the worst thing of, you know, if the faceoff thing does become an issue or he's just, you know, struggling to find his footing as a center, they can shift him to wing. They've got Sean Monahan right now, but I still think the long-term plan is build him into that big, you know, two-way kind of center offensive center that they can have here. And I think that's going to happen uh, or, we're hoping that that happens, but the deal itself, it's four years under $4 million. The cap is rising. We've seen Ottawa spend big on some of their young uh, restricted free agents, knowing that the cap is going up in the next couple of years, barring anything catastrophic. So this it's, I get why people are uh, a little bit tentative because he hasn't really proven that he is a top six piece. He hasn't stayed healthy. He hasn't really produced, and a lot of people compared it to what Kat Kanyemi got in Carolina, where he got eight years similar point production. Carolina, I think, is willing to take that risk because they have a better lineup overall. Montreal kept the cost down. And the thing is, if he hits at 3.6, you're laughing at this point. You know, I, I think it's a really good deal. It's I don't know if four, we count four years as a bridge or not or whatever, because they're not going to sign him long term. Cause I don't think that that's really Kent Hughes's plan with any of this. Like he hasn't signed any real long-term deals here so far. I mean, Nick Suzuki was signed by Mark Bergevin and I think Kirby doc is the longest signed player that he is taking care of here. Um, it's interesting to see how they go from here because they are over the cap, but, and we will probably discuss this after next week. Uh, Carrie price is going on LTIR in the off season here. The Canadians will somehow magically now be cap compliant. They've still got to bring Jonathan Drew in um, and Sean Monahan off at some point. Paul Byron will apparently be ready for the season. So they're still juggling going on here. There's still names to move out. And as teams start to get back to their cities and prepare for uh, preseason camps and formal skates, we're going to see a lot of these guys, I think, moving in short order here. I think the action's about to pick back up. A lot of GMs are going to be at rookie tournaments. There's going to be a lot of conversations had. But as for the doc contract, I'm fine. I get people's apprehension because Montreal does not have a good track record of developing young players. This is a new regime, however, so I am willing to kind of give it a little bit of time here before I make a judgment. They haven't been in charge a year yet. I want to see what this process yields and if it's better, if it's worse and then judge once I have a bigger sample size to draw from there on that. What's interesting to me is that uh, it depends on the, on the perspective. We've had some people comment to us that, uh, you know, the Kirby doc trade was a mistake on the behalf of, on the, on uh, the part of Kent Hughes. And then some people have commented that, no, this was actually a really good decision because the ceiling is high. Right. So for me, I think that if you, no matter how you feel about whether you think this is a home run trade or a mistake of a trade, the actual deal itself is still a really smart deal. That's what I'm coming away from with this. With this, uh, and in the meantime, there's another deal in play, Caden Primo, uh, and we're going to talk about that in just one moment. But first, as always, Bet Online has you covered. 
It's your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. And we just talked about how football is happening. You're going to find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news and podcasts, including this year's opening week games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, sports and scores. And it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. You're going to head to the website today or use your mobile device so you can learn more about the trends and the action. And Bet Online, as always, is where the game starts. All right, so Scott. We talked about this on our last podcast, and what ended up happening uh, is the opposite of what we said, right? I actually made a joke that I feel like Kent Hughes is listening to the podcast so that he can turn around and do the opposite of what we said. So what did we say? We said that Jake Allen was probably going to get traded, um, and Kevin Weeks had the internet in a tizzy when he uh, hinted that something big was going on in Montreal, and it turned out that uh, the Montreal Canadiens and Jake Allen are getting close to a multi-year extension. And then at the same time, Caden Primo was signed for three years and the AAV comes in at well under a million dollars. I And it's a one-way contract. So obviously there's a lot to dissect in that situation, clearly by putting Carey Price officially on LTIR, as well as Carey Price posting an Instagram where it seemed like a goodbye kind of post, but nothing can officially be announced. If, if he retires, he doesn't get paid. So there's no official anything. He's just officially on LTIR. Uh, Caden Primo, we thought that they were going to give him a one-year contract or we suggested that that might be a good idea to give him a chance to prove himself. Instead, they gave him a three-year deal. Uh, we also thought that Jake Allen was going to be trade bait. Instead, they extended him. So for me... They haven't like, extended Jake Allen yet. They're I mean, allegedly extending they're Jake allegedly, Allen. Allegedly, yes. Okay, so they're getting close to an extension. So, so. so can this I, is like... Yeah, Can absolutely. I interject for a second? Yeah, so 100%. I was trying to follow this while watching professional wrestling last night, which, as our good friend Kay pointed out, is just the worst kind of combination for me. Uh, so Weeks basically mentioned that the goalie market isn't settled yet and that Montreal is likely looking to extend Jake Allen. And I'm not saying that he's probably wrong in that assumption and that that might not be a thing. But I'm wondering if, you know, the extension and he just assumed goalie in Montreal was going to be Jake Allen for getting, admittedly, that Caden Primo was there because how many people probably are paying attention to the Habs AHL goalies at this point? This isn't like when Thatcher Demko was coming up from the Canucks and he was like top of his game, you know, coming into the playoffs was really good. I'm still curious if they do extend Allen or not because if they extend him, it might actually hamper his value overall in a trade for a team who might be looking for that one year or the trade deadline piece there. And as for Primo, like you said, we expected one, maybe two years. I didn't expect him to get a full three-year bridge deal. And looking at the timeline here is they're looking to have him be the starting goalie in the NHL by the end of that third year. That gives show that gives Dobish, that gives Verbetic time or the Canadians are going to find someone else in that time. And if Primo can't be that NHL starter by the end of that third year, they will have found someone who will be, it gives them some time. And it doesn't, I don't want to say it takes the pressure off of him because it gives him a time frame. but I think it's not, this year is not a make or break year for Caden Primo now. And the deal's cheap. It gives them a couple of years. And at the worst, they have a very good AHL goalie right now. It's not the worst thing in the world to have, 
And maybe when this team gets itself back on track, we'll have a better idea of what he does at the NHL level. So I am still interested to see if there is a Jake Allen extension uh, coming down the pipeline here. Right. And so uh, I think for me, the Caden Primo thing, a lot of people are like, oh, that's a reward for how well he played in the playoffs in the AHL. And I'm like, I think the reward is that they're giving him time. I don't necessarily think the reward is that they're giving him a, a three-year contract. It's that they're giving him time to prove himself, which I think is, is, is fair and interesting. And I really love the point that you made. The reason that they're not just giving him one year to kind of, you know, make or break is that there are other goalies in the pipeline that have shown kernels of promise that they can also develop. And maybe those people can be the long-term future of the Canadians in goal if Caden Primo's not able to take his game to the next level. For me, from my perspective, I feel like this just opens it up to like three years of will he, won't he, right? Um, in the discourse, it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, it's not going to be unbearable. I find that like there's a little bit less pressure on him now. And the fact that the Canadians aren't expected to contend, it's not like, you know, all the team is good except the serious question marks and goal. It's not like it's a team that's like going to be led down by goaltending. They're giving him, they're expecting to be good enough in three years, right? And they're expecting him to be part of that. They're giving him the opportunity to make himself part of that, which I really like. The interesting thing about Jake Allen, though, is that I didn't even think about the fact that Kevin Weeks just got his wires crossed. I just assumed that they were extending both of them. That's what I thought. I can (laughs) still see that being the thing though. It's like, it's such a, cause I, I admittedly, I don't know. And like Kevin Hughes or Kevin Hughes, Jesus, Kevin Weeks likely has a lot closer to the ground thing here. And I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, we wake up Saturday and it's, hey, Jake Allen has signed a one, two-year extension at X dollars. And they're setting that window here is that we're going to keep Jake Allen here through the tough years because we know he and Monty can, or Montembeau, I don't know why I stopped halfway through saying that to say his nickname, can carry the load and Caden Primo can slowly filter himself in. Because here's the thing, if Samuel Montembeau comes in and plays well as a 1B goalie or a backup to Caden or uh, to Jake Allen this year. He's only got a year left at a million dollars too. That's also someone that the teams might look at and go, "Huh, okay, he's still young enough. He can be a reliable backup to give our regular starter some time off." The Canadians suddenly might hold a lot of goaltending cards and we know how important and valuable that is to teams coming into the playoffs. It can make or break your playoff run. Admittedly, look at Toronto. Jack Campbell was good, and then he was not, and they didn't really have a plan B. They got to the playoffs, and Jack Campbell was just okay when he needed to be outstanding. If the, look at the Oilers, for God's sakes, who went out and signed, ironically, Jack Campbell. But I think the Habs are in a really interesting spot here and a very good one, and I do think that they, there's an Allen extension. It might just be a year for all we know, which is fine, but they're going to keep these guys here. And I'm, I, there's something else brewing. I can just feel it like some, everything feels unfinished, which just tracks in Montreal, given all the construction projects and everything else. It feels like there's more to come and that something is left unfinished here. Yeah. You can say Mike Hoffman, you can say Christian DeVore, you can say this. I think something's coming out of left field here that we weren't really expecting. Does it involve goalies? Does it involve forwards? Does it involve a defenseman? We don't know. But now that we know that Carey Price is going on 
off-season LTIR and will go on LTIR in the season and that some other bodies are going to need to be moved out because Paul Byron will be healthy for the regular season, allegedly. There's a lot, there's an onus on the Canadians now to make things happen to get themselves in compliance with the cap here. And I really do think before too long, uh, we're going to see some of that happening. Like I said in our first segment, there's going to be a lot of GMs and a lot of rookie tournaments and everything else. Things are going to start rolling downhill here very quickly. And before we go on to our next segment, which is our mailbag questions that we've received, I would like to respectfully request that Kevin Weeks, if he's going to hint at big news, if he can please do it early enough that, you know, I haven't already gone to bed and then I lose my ability to to fall asleep, uh, that would be really nice, particularly if you end up with no big news after that. Like the vibes were not immaculate. Uh, when this was happening. In the meantime, we are about to talk about our mailback questions, and that's all coming up in just one moment. So because there was a lot of news already, Scott and I purposely didn't solicit mailback questions, but many of you uh, were on the ball and you sent us mailback questions. A shout out to Corey D, who I've already uh, responded to. Uh, And we will be talking about his mailbag question either next week's mailbag or possibly even as early as Monday. And you'll see why then. In the meantime, uh, I'm going to go first with we have one Twitter and then a few mailbag questions from the YouTube. And this is from KCD. KCD is obviously the listener who takes us on walks. Um, Mailbox question. With the signing of Caden Primo and a potential long-term deal with Jake Allen, do you think the Habs will not trade for a goalie in the next few seasons? As there were rumors of the Habs getting Devin Levi, or uh, I'm going to say Uko Pekka Lukanen, and I hope that I pronounced that correctly. It is. um, If the Habs pull off a trade and get Devin Levi – one, they clear, if anyone's going to know him, it would be Kent Hughes, given he played at Northeastern um, and Hughes was there when his son was playing, when Jordan Harris was there, when Jaden Struble was there, et cetera, et cetera. I would be stunned because the Sabres and every Sabres fan and media person I've talked to, they want Devin Levi in Sabres colors by the end of this season here. They thought he was going to come this past offseason. He opted to return for another year. Um Uka Pekalukanen is definitely someone who could be up there. He's had trouble staying healthy, hasn't found the NHL consistency that you might hope. Uh, he's had very good games at the AHL level. The Amherst last year defensively weren't great, and he played well in a lot of those games, but sooner or later, goalies crumble. I still think they might trade for a goalie. It all, A lot of it depends on, admittedly, Caden Primo, if he can take that step. If Caden Primo shows that he can be a regular NHL backup or a 1B in the next year, I don't think they're going to make a trade. If he's still kind of not there yet or they're having doubts and, you know, they want to move Jake Allen out, whatever, I think they may then look to trade, find a young goalie. Maybe that's stuck in a pipeline for a team that, you know, he's not going to get in here. You know, a team like a Vancouver, a Calgary, where they've got entrenched starters for the next five years or so. I, I, I'm not saying they're going to now. I feel less confident in that, but I still think that's always a lingering possibility. Uh, if it's Devin Levi, who um, the Habs have done a lot of really good work then in that case. And I am now going to covet Devin Levi and Sabres fans. You cannot stop me. Uh, <laughs> we've got Brian C on YouTube. 
speaking of seventh round picks, so we were talking about this last uh, mailbag episode with Mike O'Brien. Speaking of seventh round picks, is Kieran Roshinsky still considered a prospect for the Habs? Uh, I do not believe so, but I am. I believe his rights expired. I'm going to check here because he was playing with Lindenwood University, which is a. Uh, uh, I want to say his rights are expired at this point because I don't believe the Canadians qualified him. And I'm looking at his numbers. Um, the the pandemic definitely made this difficult because I don't believe he's someone they're really paying attention to at this point. I'd have to double check. I do not believe he is considered a uh, Canadian's actual property anymore, though, based on just uh, eligibility requirements. It's been now three seasons since he was drafted. And... I don't, I don't really see it. I don't really see a reason why they might need him either. He's, he's big as hell. He's six foot six. Um, but I don't see one, either them keeping his rights unless he has some kind of huge growth this year. If he is still here, but as far as I remember, I do not believe he is considered Canadians property anymore. So we have a question that's actually, we posted, we had a live AMA with you when you did the hot ones challenge and then we posted the episode and there were some questions that came up. And so one of them was actually not answered by us yet. So Ollie Bullrider asks, I'm going to see the first preseason game. What kind of lineup do you expect to see on the ice? So we've already talked about the regular season opening night roster. That was on our previous episode. We talked about predictions for that. So in your mind, Scott, like who do they play in the first preseason game? I think hundred percent Slavkovsky's in that game. Yeah, they're playing the Devils, and then they play two games later, or two days later, and then they play the Jets, and then they play the Senators, and then they play the Leaves, and they play the Senators. Um, I For think sure, you're gonna... they'll play Safkowski, and the Devils will play Nevitz. I would think so. Um, that first game, I think you're going to see, like, Samuel Montemo is probably going to start with Caden Primo. Like, they'll split the game half and half, basically. Um, I think the veterans you're going to see in that game... I don't know if it'll be Nick Suzuki. I don't think it will be, but like you'll see Pazetta. You may see like some of the guys who might not have been able to play as much recently, assuming they're healthy. So like Yoel Armia will probably play. You'll probably see Pet Pitlick. You'll see Jake Evans. You'll see some of those fringe AHL guys too, but you'll see a Slavkovsky, I believe. I would hope so. You'll probably see Mayshar. You'll see some of these guys that they'll get a game or two in the preseason, maybe more if they impress, and then they'll head back to the OHL to, you know, the Q to wherever. And we don't know if there's going to be PTOs and everything yet either. There's always that opportunity for things. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if you see a lot of the guys who are going to be on the top line of the rocket, Adonic Martel, Alex Belzeal, uh, Anthony Richard, Mitchell Stevens, those kind of guys that, Hey, we're going to give you this opportunity to play a little bit more. Can you earn a fourth line spot? If not, impress us earn your spot with the rocket you'll see probably harvey pinard you're going to see a lot of the younger guys basically guys that are almost to the nhl or ones that are going to be going back to junior in that first game i think uh killer tomatoes on youtube mailbag questions there's two of them one is monahan a three to five year player for the habs i'd like to think that he's in repair and will be great so i think that before he had like i don't know like seven million injuries Sean Monaghan was an extremely serviceable, very valuable player. I 
I'm on the record as saying is he's a player that I would have liked the Habs to to select at the time um, and or to trade for at the time. I, I, I thought he was so promising. So I don't know where it's at. Like he seems to have a great attitude about it. Kent Hughes seems to think that he's healthy um, and that his health troubles will be behind him and he's going to find his game again. So personally for me, I think if it works out, I just I feel like he costs a lot. So he's probably, even if it works out, he's probably going to be one of those players like Josh Anderson um, and, um, and, and uh, you know, even possibly Brendan Gallagher, like players that we like now that like when the team is contending aren't going to be Habs anymore. I, I look at Monaghan through two lenses is that if he has a resurgence and he fits the timeline for this team and they think they've got something there, I can see them going, hey, here's two to three years. Or I'm of the other mind that if he is thriving and playing well, they're going to flip him for as big a return as they can get because he's found money. They already got a first round pick out of him. If he's playing so well that other teams are knocking down your door to get Sean Monahan, Kent Hughes, I think, is smart enough to look at that and go, okay, no matter what, this was always the plan. And then we can bring him back in the offseason anyways. He's on an expiring contract. Um Excuse me. Uh, I do think, I don't think he's going to be here a long-term piece. Unfortunately, like you said, once the Habs are good again, a lot of these other guys are going to be gone. Uh, David Savard, Josh Anderson, Brendan Gallagher, et cetera. And it's going to be the new group, the Suzuki, the Caulfield, the Slavkovsky, Gooley kind of group that are going to be taking over this team. And that's an exciting time. And sort of related to that, Killer, Tomato has, Killer Tomatoes has a second question. Will I see both Arbor Jackye and Caden Gooley next year? I feel both have offensive upsides for a defenseman, but Arbor gets less attention because he wasn't drafted. I fully believe uh, you will see Caden Gooley this year, as in this season. Jackye is such a wild card because everyone we've talked to, he has really nice skating. He does have offensive upside but he spends so much time in the penalty box that it hampers his ability to be that kind of productive player. And I think if he kind of gets himself focused on what makes him a better player, a productive player, he's going to force the Canadians hands. He's got the size. He's got the skating. He's got just an absolute mean streak in him. Something the Canadians, you know, I mean, Ben Chiron, Shea Weber are gone, but he just hits like a Mack truck and, I get that, yeah, he was an overager playing against guys younger than him. He still did what he had to. It's up to him now to take that next step in his development. I don't want to say no, but now the onus is on him to, you were in the AHL. Guys are going to try to goad you into fighting. Dudes who are bigger, older, and more experienced than you, pick and choose your battles and play your game, and you're going to have the most success out of that. Yeah, and I got to say, I'm, I'm on the record as being excited to watch both of these guys, and I do hope that we get to see them. Uh, this season. We've got two final questions from JFP. The first question, I'm going to ask them in reverse order. Uh, with the Habs, increased prospect depth. Should there be more coverage of the Lions? I suspect there's not enough spots on the Rocket, even for some decent prospects. Uh, Co-writer at Habs on the Prize, Andrew Zadarnowski, will have all of your info on that. Admittedly, I don't follow the Lions as closely as I should. Last year, they had a lot of guys who were um, 
AHL veterans and guys from the LNH, uh, LA, LNAH, uh, one of the Quebec like semi-pro leagues or whatever it is. I'm not 100% sure. But they also grew guys like Peter Abandonado up out of there, Justin Ducharme, who ended up getting AHL deals. Peter Abandonado is obviously back with the uh, Rocket this year. I think there might be a chance. You might see some guys like a Simono, a uh, Miguel Torini, uh, Joe Verbatic is playing there. They got this team to help spur that three-tier development here. So I think that there's that possibility. I won't say there's going to be a ton, but there's definitely going to be some names that if you're a prospects person, you should be tuning in to follow. Uh, Absolutely. And so the last question for the mailbag, again, from JFP on Twitter, uh, sorry, on YouTube. Question for the next mailbag. Which toaster should the Habs buy? I haven't bought a toaster ever i i think can you make toast in an air fryer uh i suspect you can Carly just said yes from the other room so i'm just gonna take her thing for it we got one for christmas last year that doubles as like um an oven almost so it's got the instead of just being the basket you push in there it's got like a little oven door and everything that you can put bread and stuff in there and she makes like garlic bread and stuff in there so uh, the Habs should just get an air fryer and never make toast in whatever the hell that was, to be quite honest with you. Um, I got an air fryer and apparently my air fryer will make pizza and cake. So I'm assuming you can make toast in an air fryer. Yeah, it's air not fry- like different Air fryer cake sounds like such a sin that somewhere not, over in the Vatican, the Pope just sat upright and just made the sign of the cross. It's because got like it's got like skewers. It's got like a little grill attachment. Like you, I have the basket, and you just like put this stuff in the basket. It's got like a muffin tin. It's got like an egg poachy thing. It's got all kinds of stuff. I have all the extensions. I haven't tried them yet, but all of this is that you can probably make toast in an air fryer if you want to. Um, but I think the Canadians should get the Dolce and Gabbana Smeg toaster. Uh, please look this up. It is hideous. It is expensive, and I desperately want one. Um, and that is that is the final word. I'm assuming that because it's a smeg toaster, um, it it will toast uh, eggs, uh, toast a uh, toast bread evenly for Sean Monahan, um, and we will never have to see that abysmal toast that they showed uh, on the video ever again. Scott, are you googling this right now? Yeah. Why Why does this look like the 1950s? And they're going to charge me three hundred and fifty dollars for it. They're going to charge you eight hundred dollars for it. Why is it going to do my taxes? No, it's not. But it's literally it's like eight ninety nine Canadian. So I don't know what that is in, in American money. Maybe like three dollars. I don't know. But the uh, Smeg <laughs> Four Slice Toaster at Williams Sonoma starts at two hundred and fifty dollars. All right. So no, there we go. no, 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 no. If you spent eight hundred dollars on a toaster, I want to know where you live because I'm going to burgle your house because you are very <laughs> clearly not very smart with your money. I'm going to steal your eight hundred dollar toaster. I'm going to make really smelly toast in it, and you're going to have to live with it. I'm going to cook fish in your toaster. <laughs> All right. Just... Don't do that. Well, I'm not rich enough for this toaster. Just so everybody knows, the podcast dollars are not enough for this toaster. Just so you know, right? Like, we do we do a, we, a daily show on the Montreal Canadiens. Um, we both have day jobs. Scott has actually three jobs and we can't afford this Smeg toaster. Just nobody burgle our houses. <laughs> like all of my Ikea, all of my furniture is Ikea. Just so you know, that's all. I'm just saying nobody comes steal from me. Um, there's barely anything of value here. Uh, anyway, 
uh, all of this to say, thank you for your mailbag questions for the people who, even though we didn't ask for them, knew that we were going to do some mailbag questions. Um, and then next week, we have a very special treat. We love the Locked On Red Wings guys, and we are going to have a crossover episode with them, and we're going to talk about all the young players in our future. They're probably going to ask us about Ben Chirot, so tune in for that. Um, and then we are, obviously, we always have mailbag questions, and we're expecting a lot of movement now, as Scott said, as we get closer to the season and teams are up against the cap. So all of that will be covered. And when you're done listening to us, make your second listen of the day Locked On NHL because they're coming all the preseason storylines. They've got power rankings. They've got all kinds of stuff. So listen to them. Thank you so much for listening to us and we will talk to you on monday